2: time when the weather is hot. It's, it's nice out. It is nice out. Feeling good. Feeling fine. Ready to rock this Friday into the weekend. and get, Buddy, it's Friday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my it's God. Buck- Working for the weekend. Said when we record this, it's Thursday. So now I'm kind
0: of bummed. Ah, oh,
2: shit. You're right. I actually for real for a <laughs> second there.
0: Fully believed you, it was Friday. You said it with so much conviction, was, but I yeah. I know that you're such a
2: good actor that God, I was yeah. like, maybe he's just no, no, really I, selling No, no, I, I, I'm fully confused. Yeah. It's because <laughs> I'm flying to Toronto on Saturday and every day feels like Friday right now. Yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> guys, guess what? It's Donut's birthday. Hey. Happy birthday, Donut bud. is one
1: year old today. Happy Aww. birthday,
2: buddy. Hey, buddy. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a one-year-old boy. <laughs> it's Rupert's oh, yes. birthday oh, next no. week. Hello. I wish
1: Loki was one.
2: Um, and uh, that makes me really happy. So that's uh, the first the first good news on this feel good Friday is that Donut is one. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, the, here's a story that is not nearly as cute as Donut turning one. Uh, this is coming out of Shanghai. Authorities fire four officials after elderly patient blunder. One way of putting it, uh, Chinese direct uh, district authorities have fired four officials after an elderly patient from a Shanghai care home who was believed to be dead and loaded into a hearse. Oh, no. No. Spoiler alert they weren't. What uh, a blunder. Was having, <laughs> what a blunder. I know, dude.
1: That's such a... That's such a... Like a Whoopsie! Like a, yeah. <laughs> it's like a euphemism for major fuck-up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> on Sunday, online videos emerged showing two people who appear to be mortuary workers placing the body bag into a vehicle. I saw the video. It's like someone on a cell phone camera from like an apartment building looking down as they wheel this quote-unquote dead body... He was just having a nap. In a, a bag. Nap, I, in a bag. Of, I, I just, mean, super napping. I just want to say that
0: that's a hard don't word. Get mortuary. 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 Either. Well, mortuary.
2: Not was, hard for me. Yeah, it's, me either. Although there are a lot of words that are. Uh, <laughs> say it three times fast. Mortuary. 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 Mortuary.
1: mortuary, mortuary.
2: The workers are later seen pulling the bag open. Well, asterisk. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. The, worker, the workers are later seen pulling the bag open, and one can be heard saying the patient is still alive. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> the incident has sparked widespread anger on Chinese social media. Officials in the Shanghai District of Puto confirmed that the incident late on Monday, adding that the patient had since been taken to the hospital and was in stable condition <laughs> guys is this a really sad story or a really funny story i think it's i think, I think it's it's both. A, it can be, be- both. because
0: imagine imagine be both. them is opening there- the bag up and the guy is just there and he he's like goes, hello <laughs> do you, yeah. what do you think his reaction was what do you think he he said to
2: them probably uh what's the horrified yeah yes either horrified <laughs> or like you know he's old right so like maybe he's so old that he's confused And he just went,
1: ah, ah, where am I?
2: Except in in Chinese. Yeah, which
1: is not Chinese. It's either Mandarin or Cantonese. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, In a Chinese language. (laughs) In a language spoken in China that isn't English. Uh, Four uh, uh, four officials,
2: including the deputy director of the local civil affairs bureau and the director of uh, the care home, were fired. A doctor identified only by their surname, uh, Tian, also had their medical license revoked. The patient's identity is still unknown. Many online condemned the incident with former editor-in-chief of state news outlet Hugh Jing calling it a, quote, serious dereliction of duty that almost led to
1: death. So did they just, like, look at this guy and they went, nah, dead. Yeah. They just looked I mean, at him? Like, honestly, they didn't perform like, any tests? Yeah, like, like how,
2: how slow... Can one's heart beat?
1: I mean, God, like
2: you know, dude,
1: yeah. I, like do, do you know how widely available? <laughs> you, know I mean? do you know how widely available heart rate monitors are?
0: I, I'm just confused because, I, guys, I feel, I feel like maybe this is a bit of a hot take. <laughs> oh, we're back I, hot takes. I feel like it's a bit of a harsh punishment for that. Like they made a mistake. The guy t- you know, he just ended up going for a
2: car ride and then ended up. That is up, a hot take, Brian.
0: Then he went back to the home. Like, but he, he has, almost
2: got loaded in. He almost got put into a uh a, 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 a an
1: oven. It was close. Yeah, that's the issue. But yeah. see if is, he got is, put in the, the oven. If the mistake continues for any longer, then that guy is dead. Yeah. See, you guys don't think that
2: uh... also it's probably not easy to breathe in that bag. Do you do right. you guys right do you guys believe that people should be able to learn from their mistakes? Yeah. Well so these people will. They got fired, find a new job <laughs> yeah. and be better yeah. at the next yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're not putting these guys to death. See well, Taylor, it's this well. is
0: to me maybe as, as far as we know, yeah to me, this is kind of like this your state um, media story <laughs> Taylor this is like, to me this I feel like you should be on the same page as me because I feel like this is a little bit like <laughs> your perspective on airplane accidents so if a, if you're about to board a plane and on the cp24 TV that's in the airport with a thousand pieces of news flashing, <laughs> if one of those pieces of news says that there was just a plane crash then you're likely going to feel good about getting on that oh, flight yeah, yeah. because the odds are is that yeah. math it's the the next plane's not going to crash too. almost. And if you see not. fire on the runway, then you can almost be certain that it's definitely not going to crash again at your airport. So you can feel good about that. So to me, these doctors, they announce this guy dead mistakenly. It, it's an accident. It happens. And so when this guy ends up back at the hospital, at the care home, We can probably assume that they're not going to make
2: the same mistake twice. So those doctors are probably safer than a new, better trained doctor that's going to come in, right? Here is where the story goes from kind of funny to not so funny and actually kind of sad and pointing towards a greater issue that's happening in China right now that probably a lot of us aren't really that familiar with because um, there's so much, you know, I mean... Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, like yeah, what like, I mean, like shit that matters. How, how are you supposed Will to Smith How are you supposed to peel someone. your eyes off of that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, another commenter on the social media site, Weibo, Weibo uh, said Weibo. Uh, it was a sign of the quote, chaos happening in Shanghai right now. So Shanghai, it's China's largest crazy. city and home to almost 25 million people, is now in its sixth week of restrictions aimed at curbing COVID cases, which began spiking again in March. Most people are still banned from leaving their homes for any reason. COVID infected and their close contacts are forced to go into state run quarantine centers. Wow. Video has emerged of clashes between police and people forced out of their homes. Um, the BBC has previously reported evidence that authorities in Shanghai were struggling to deal with the outbreak. You know what the problem is there is that
0: they just haven't had a a freedom convoy drive through town. If, if they just had a bunch of truckers get together, that would solve that really quick.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it did here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, That might be a hot take. The the BBC (laughs) has previously reported evidence that authorities in Shanghai were struggling to deal with the outbreak. China is one of the the last remaining nations still committed to eradicating COVID in contrast to most of the world, which is trying to live with the virus. Mm. But this zero COVID policy has come under strain in recent weeks with the spread of the Omicron variant.
1: It is such a it is so baffling is so I I can't even begin to try and wrap my head around the zero covid idea mm. it, like it just is so the like, the amount of resources that have to go into trying to curb relative to what our experience has been in Canada and especially in the US and a lot of like western Europe and like to try and curb what is relatively no cases mm. like like very little covid relative to what other places have experienced and dealt with. And they are trying to, like some of these, there was places, there was a place in, uh, I don't think it was Shanghai. It might've been Beijing. There was some section of Beijing or Shanghai that got shut down. This was maybe a month ago where there was like 12 cases of COVID and they shut down a a block of 3 million people.
2: Well, I mean, it just goes to show like this is, we are just getting a taste of how, how absolutely fucking chaotic the world could become if something really bad happened to the globe. Like COVID, obviously, very bad, right? But let's look at COVID compared to the Spanish flu, right? So COVID deaths right now, somewhere over, what is it? It's just over 6 million 6,283,131 deaths. The Spanish flu reportedly ends was it 25 between 25 up to 50 million, mm. right? So let's imagine a world for a second where covid was covid was not uh was was obviously bad. It was a very this has been this has been a very fucking challenging thing. But it hasn't yet like completely derailed society. But there are some pockets of society where it seems like it is kind of derailing the fucking system. Because Shanghai they cho- being an, an they,
1: example, and and when the crazy part is because it's because they choose for it to derail the system, right? So, mm. so that's what's so crazy. that
2: right. And so that's my point. If that's happening with what if that's happening with COVID, yeah, what the fuck do you think the entire world's gonna look like if we if we come into some sort of pandemic that's you know um, as as deathly as Ebola, but as as transmissible as Omicron? I mean, mm.
1: I'm looking at, I mean, this, uh, this, you know, this, it's just pure chaos. This might go a little bit more into towards, in towards like philosophizing on, on cultures and, um, and, and things like different cultures and how they, how they, how their governments are run and things like that. But you're looking at a country like China, which has been run under this sort of like, um, uh, what do they call it? They call it, um, Chinese, um, they call it. Chinese communism with capitalist uh tendencies or something like that. It's got it's got a weird name sure. like that where they basically are a communist nation but then there's also major global financial hubs in China that mm. uh, you know with public companies and you can invest and you can make money and you know that sort of thing. And so but the the you know you see with with China since the very beginning that the that the reception to these like crazy lockdowns was much more accepted amongst Chinese people because of the way that the government because of the the government with which all of those people have grown up with, which is like very authoritarian very like very group think um, type of style which comes from the type of government that they have like I am envisioning the next the next like twenty or thirty years of China possibly being so radically different because of The way if they go too far trying to push those limits of collective groupthink to the absolute limit Mm. by implementing this like zero COVID policy where they're basically saying we are one group of people and we all have to do this one thing, which is shut this, shut everything down at all costs. Mm. Like you're you're brewing revolution. It depends
0: on how they contain that, too, though, because you look at what has happened in Russia since Russia started. Basically waged war with Ukraine and and the people who speak out against the Russian government inside Russia the, who are then it's sent you know, to a gulag yeah mm-hmm. like put yeah. in jail but that's so, going to
1: they're brewing revolution in Russia too
0: yeah and so it it's like it, I mean the battle is between like is it contained by the authoritarian government or is it able to get to a critical like sort of um breaking point where it's a yeah. it, it, where it's not able to be contained anymore and and that change is actually. Like it sticks. Yeah. Like when you
1: try to when you try to control a portion of the population from an authoritarian government mm. perspective, I think you can do that. Like I think you can be successful in that as a government. Um, not that you should, but that you can. But when you try to do when you try to do something to everybody that everybody's aware of and everybody's in on, like COVID and being locked <clears throat> down, like that's when mm. you start to get people going. Because you're hearing you're there are stories all the time coming out of China of people going, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Ooh. And government protests, which are like not common, very uncommon in China, because it's such a no-no to be protesting. The government. <laughs>
0: Imagine if there was really a truck convoy that drove through, you know, downtown Shanghai. Like, what would happen to those people in those
1: trucks? I mean, dude, that's like nothing good. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's like that's like Tiananmen Square.
2: Yeah, no yeah, totally. And and that was uh, that was a potential revolution that got yeah. shut down real fucking hard and mm-hmm. real fucking quick mm. um, and erased erased from history. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So a- anyway, uh, uh, that funny story is not so funny. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> hey, but here's a fucking cool story. This is neat. Uh, Israel has just opened the world's most protected blood bank. It's rocket proof and it's fully underground. Mm. Uh, the world's most secure national blood bank opened in Israel on Monday. The most important parts shielded in an underground structure from terrorism, chemical and biological attacks and earthquakes. Uh, Megan David Adams, one hundred and thirty five million dollar Marcus National Blood Services Center has taken four years and some one, uh, sorry, eleven thousand tons of steel to complete. The guidance, uh, the guiding principle is that the country's blood supply is a, quote, strategic asset that may save many lives in emergency scenarios and as such should be protected. Quote, we visited many blood banks around the world when planning and found that there is simply no other country with a facility like this with <laughs> such a high level of protection for the national blood supply. Uh, Moshe Noyevich, the engineer who oversaw the project and senior official at the American Friends of Mag and David Adam, which funded it, told the, the Times of Israel. Quote, we have built something that's a new standard for protecting blood which is as important as it is a strategic a- asset, he said. Uh, President Isaac Herzog, uh, Health Minister Nitsan Horowitz, and other dignitaries attended the inauguration ceremony at the facility in R- uh, Ramla, cen- uh, central Israel, on Monday. It will process and store almost all of Israel's blood donations for both civilians and the military when it becomes fully functional in the summer. I don't know why I I can't
0: stop thinking about it as like this sort of like either like Mad Max style world or like Dune or, or Star Wars remote planet where there's like this big sort of like chemically altered human being that has that's just producing an insane amount of blood that's like chained up to the wall and mm. like hooked up with like,
2: like, like IVs that are just like sort of going into these like the cows that like, that we get our milk from. Yes, you know? totally. And just sitting there going yeah. like so sad and just yeah. yeah, yeah. Just constantly yeah. Like in, in dune like those those like
0: humans yeah. that are like the milk guys that are in the tubes gross. or whatever yeah, that are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that like the ones power that the, the ships, ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that except a, a bunch of people and their blood is is being used to save yeah. people's lives. I mean, I mean like, if, you're, if you're gonna do it, yeah. it's got to be in an underground bunker that's
1: like <laughs> and protected like, from and chemical And like for cops. sure, drink right. al- almond milk or something. Because <laughs> like, what are you doing drinking milk? I had a glass yeah, of milk the other yeah, day. It so good. Yeah, it adult, was so, yeah, good. Milk's so
2: good. Milk, really so uh, good. It's really good. It's <laughs> the adult thing to do. Uh, the complex <laughs> will
1: replace the current uh,
2: be- beleaguered facility in Rama Gan. Uh, which was built in the 1980s and no longer has space for the quantity of donations needed for Israel's growing population. Its lack of fortification means that during rocket attacks, uh, Meg and David Adam had to stop processing blood and move the blood reserves to a bomb shelter, despite the fact that blood processing is needed more than ever in times of war. Quote, the current facility is above ground, not secured against rockets, and uh, which which can reach the facility from both north and south and not protected against earthquakes or other threats, Uh, Professor Iliad Shinar, uh, head of blood services at Mag and David Adams said. Noyevich emphasized that the facility also has advanced protection against cyber attacks. Uh, The center is named in honor of Bernie Marcus, the founder of the American home improvement chain Home Depot and his (laughs) (laughs) wife. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, read that again. Hold on. He owns the uh, I literally it sounded like I just made that up.
1: He owns the Atlanta Falcons.
2: The center is named in honor of Bernie Marcus, the founder of the American home improvement chain Home Depot, and his wife Billy, who donated thirty five million dollars to the project. (laughs) Why is that so funny? I don't know. I actually I mean it's really funny because it's like because I wonder if they got all their steel from Home Depot. You know, like, like, yeah, there you go. There, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You've <laughs> you know you just pulled the thread. That's it. Other con- <laughs> contributors include Miriam uh, and the late Sheldon Ad- Adelson, uh, the Leona M. and Harry B. <laughs> uh, Helmsley Charitable Trust and Bloomberg Philanthropies, uh, Michael R. Bloomberg Charitable Organization See- Now, the state of Israel provided the land via a 2016 government decree. The the burning question that I really have is, is like, do you think the
0: um, owner of Home Depot went in there and threatened to beat up the guy who was going to name it? And was like, I either get to beat the shit out of you and it's an anonymous donation or you walk out of here right now and... My name goes on the... Wow, on This guy's been watching some... Been fu- wa- this guy's been,
2: been a- t- taking in content. He's been taking in what content. What do you guys think? Uh, do you, I mean, it's do you think there, that's a distinct possibility. A likely scenario. Yeah. I mean,
1: I want to know if the Clinton Foundation's involved.
2: <laughs> that was an Ozark <laughs> reference there, if you haven't been watching the new season. Fantastic. The building is made from non-combustible <laughs> steel and concrete. There are three levels of protection with varying security zones. Three floors are above ground, with uh, each with its own shelters. The above the ground floor has training facilities, an auditorium, a dining area, and a blood donation wing for the public. The second floor houses the m- human milk bank. <laughs> Wait, does it actually say that? Yeah. <laughs> no, The it second doesn't. floor houses the human milk bank, where <laughs> mother's milk is collected for premature and ill <laughs> infants and more training facilities. oh
1: that's actually... Dude,
2: and those women are chained up I told to a you. wall, and it's just going...
1: Yo, yo guys, no joke. Wow. Although that is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and horrific um, no joke there is a that that would be something in the United States right now that would be that if it were actually there and available the this human milk bank would be incredibly beneficial because there is a nationwide baby formula shortage oh wow, and there's a crisis where like m- where families are oh, no. driving hours like out to to neighboring states to try and find baby formula. Oh my Man, God.
0: imagine how much of a fucking shit show that will be too. With the um, like Roe v. Wade being um, revoked, and then you know people are forced to have kids and are and, and, Kaya, and,
2: and aren't able to access the fucking food that they need.
1: Kyla sent me a post. Uh, po- uh, it might have been a fuck Jerry post. I don't know. Uh, our fuck uh, Jerry news post. Um, that was something along the lines of like uh, Google searches for vasectomies have gone up like 400% oh, since, wow. since the leak, wow. since the Supreme Court leak. Uh, and-
2: the three underground floors are protected by extra thick concrete walls, blast doors, and airlocks, as well as shielding from biological and chemical attacks. The highest underground floor houses, sh- uh, floor houses shielded blood bank laboratories, a transportation center, and secure fleet parking for loading blood into ambulances. The second underground floor houses the core blood inventory, an R&D uh, molecular lab, and a chemical and biological warfare air filtration system that enables staff throughout the building to continue working and processing blood in the event of a chemical or biological attack. On the deepest level is the blood storage vault, a 300-square-meter safe room shielded against the most severe missile threats. Every critical system has a secondary system, including two ramps leading into ground underground floors, four sets of elevators, and four generators. Dude, like when I hear about these types of buildings, man, all I want is just like, I would love, I love getting like getting a tour of a building. You know, when we get like, like back in the day, we like went to CBC and we were on, uh, we were on the current with Anna Maria Tremonti and like one of the handlers were like, do you guys want a tour of like the news floors? And like, it's a huge fucking cool ass building, like downtown Toronto, um, down on like John Street. And, and like Blue Jay Way, and like those types of tours, I'm always like, wow, wow, wow! This a tour of like this fucking crazy next level. It It makes me think of the. uh,
1: It makes me think of the building. I can't remember where it is. I want to say it's somewhere in Scandinavia, maybe. Um, That is the 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 bank with like all the world's seeds and grains. It's in uh, Svalbard, I believe. Where Dennis is right now? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, that's remote as fuck. Yeah. Svalbard I is, I mean, well, I mean, you're chilling Google with are Wait, what is this? What are you saying? It's like a, it's a seed it's, vault. It, it's a seed vault with all the world's like f- every flower, grain, like plant, tree seeds for everything. In it's case, like of, in case of a global catastrophe, yeah, no. it's, in, it's in Svalbard, so that you could basically repopulate the Earth. Wow. with all the. Plant life that we have. Dude, what, kinds of,
2: what kinds of complexes do you think exist out there that like we don't even fucking know?
0: It looks so cool
2: too. Shit like that. You know? Check yeah. out No, but I mean like, like yeah, you yeah, know, know that I know what you mean. But you I know like yeah. I'm talking about like shit that we don't even have any idea of. Well, that's cool. I'll put a picture of this. Is in, it in uh, Svalbard? So, yeah, it's in Svalbard. Very cool. That's pretty crazy.
1: Crazy, Gosh, right? Svalbard is like you're chilling with Saint Nick up there. It's like yeah, it's the um you're up there.
0: That's where the most remote like uh uh northern settlements are.
1: Nice. Yeah. There probably is a ton of places like that that are housing you know yeah like you said shit that we don't even really think about yeah. but that are pretty crucial to the way that we live as humans and in, in the event of a of a fucking asteroid hitting earth yeah. or a nuclear winter or whatever what kind of like
2: what kind of like, like vaults do you think are holding like alien technology <laughs> that's being you
1: know we're trying to reverse engineer to like figure out so that Probably like, if, if, Something in New Mexico, I'd imagine. Honestly, yeah. if
0: you if you want to think about uh, the future and the crazy sort of like sci-fi things that are are happening now today, um, listen to Elon Musk talk uh, his his recent TED talk from uh, TED in Vancouver and the interview that he did at the Tesla like, Giga factory. It's it's mind blowing. Like yeah. talking about Neuralink, which can you know. Um, Basically, uh, give people who are paralyzed a new life where yeah. they're able to uh, once
2: again control their body. Like, What's crazy oh, about even Neuralink? more impressive yeah. than that, and even cooler than that, yeah. is giving monkeys the ability to play pong with just their thoughts. Yeah. yeah. What's crazy about yeah. Neuralink and giving them banana milk
1: is is <laughs> when he dis- when when Elon Musk describes Neuralink and he and he, and it's like, well, maybe there's this potential for this, you know, for every human to be like, you know. Two hundred percent more intelligent than they are than they are already, but just hear, hearing him go, the worst, worst case, case scenario yeah, yeah. is that we're going to be able to cure Alzheimer's,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: or or dementia, or give a give a paraplegic the use of their limbs back. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's that's the worst case outcome of Neuralink.
0: An interesting thing, a question that I have for you guys is one of the the things they're talking about is like colonizing Mars. And the reason why it's relevant is because of like the great filter and talking about the Svalbard seed vault. Like um, if if we don't become uh, a multi-planet species, then the inevitable outcome is that the human race will no longer survive. So we have to go off planet to even give ourselves a chance at surviving Sorry. as as uh, go yeah leave the planet. And so um he said by like 2050 there will be a million people living on Mars. Would you guys be one of those? Yep, people. I'd be doing.
1: By the time there's a million people there it's because there it's because it's very livable. Mm. It's probably be, because be it's, it's probably because it's 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 good. He he said that it would it would
0: actually like initially, it would suck. Oh, like maybe, it would be like it would, be, it like, would, it would be like
2: the great the Western Expanse. Like, yeah, like. it would be, or even before that, it would be like you know just pilgrims coming over from Europe and and like having their babies snatched up by the witches that live in the woods in New yeah. England. But yeah. you would leave an incredible um, except up there, it would be like a a, a Glorgark <laughs> that takes your baby. The Glorgark. The interesting
0: thing is, like, I mean, you are sort of your legacy is you know, being able to create a path for the human race to exist
2: beyond the planet so, Earth, little which fun, is fucking crazy. little fun tidbit for the listeners here. Uh, next week, we are speaking with uh, a woman named um, uh, Maria Santaguida, who works out of a uh, university here in, in Canada, uh, I believe out of Montreal. Um, what is the University of Montreal? Search of the Sea. Concordia? Uh, okay. Car- Carlton. Or Concordia, yes. Thank you, Concordia. And her whole study is about sex and space and and procreation in space and, wow, uh, and that's, that's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very fucking cool yeah yeah very excited for that conversation do you guys um, think
0: anybody's ever had sex in space yes on the iss yep
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: of you course think, like the, we'll
1: never
2: we'll never know but yes
0: one hundred percent. Do you think um, NASA knows? Like, do you think that the like control yeah. knows? Oh, I
1: Probably, bet there. Yeah. I bet there word gets around. I it's bet. a
2: very small spot up there. <laughs> You're gonna hear it. I yeah.
1: also bet that that's been a non-publicly disclosed experiment that NASA sure. has run.
2: Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 They want to
1: know. Why would they yeah. not want to
0: know? I'm really curious about like how.
1: I bet you
2: they were like. I bet when Chris was up, was up there, they're like, Chris, look, we need you to baccoc. Bacock um, We need you to Bacock up there.
1: Bacock? Yeah.
2: Bacock Bacock we need to it. We need you to we need you to milk up there. <laughs> do you think it would Just be Just so we can know like does it hurt your head? I mean you it's know? like the most you, ba- it's like the shoot, most basic
1: you, human function when you shoot alone. load, Yeah, I mean you have to What happens to, to you?
2: Does your eye do your eyes bulge? You would like... have to jerk off if you were
0: up in space for any Six period months? of time, right? And or,
2: would, or and they would want to know too like when, this, when the semen comes out like does the semen does it stay like a, does the seminal fluid stay Seminal fluid, or as soon as your sperm, as soon as you ejaculate, does, you know, because of the vacuum of space and the lack of gravity, does every individual sperm separate and it just turns into a fine mist, you know, and then, and so... So, then, so what then
1: and then there's cum everywhere it's fucking
2: in the vents and it's in the <laughs> air filtration
1: system in, and yes. do you think it's easier
0: do you think it's easier to clean up cum in space or is it more of a mess I easier, bet, no easier. it's easier because yeah, yeah. it's going to be just shoots and it goes yeah do you think it yeah. stays I like mean, you, sort you, just, of, you just you just you just go do you yeah. think it just wraps around the head of your dick and like for, sort of forms oh, that fuck, like Jesus um, Christ, bro. No, you know that like no, you know no, fuck, no no I'm being serious I mean like, if you do it the way
2: that you do no, it like, where out. you comes if it comes out of you it's, well, not, no, it's but, not tethered no, to your no, dick no but Jared Jared if <laughs> <Jared, laughs> you
1: do it the way that Brian does it where he pinches his foreskin right before he right before he comes <laughs> okay, and, he, guys, and he keeps gotta, it in
2: we got it we got to move on here uh, hey Bri, <laughs> yeah, it's called the water balloon yeah then if you do it like Brian does did you just make that up if you do it like that then
1: it does stay attached to the head and it is very oh cumbersome. God. Thank God I don't. <laughs> oh, Thank God, okay. Thank I uh, It's cum- very
2: cumbersome. A, I didn't crap. even mean to do that.
0: Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl.
1: Let's phone a friend.
0: Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough.
2: Uh, here's a twin <laughs> story for you, Bri. Psychologists. Real um, twin or fake twin? Uh well. Uh, I'll ask you a question here in a second. Psychologists found a striking difference in <laughs> intelligence after examining twins raised apart in South Korea and the United States. Who do you think had the uh, higher intelligence? Um, wait, where, the, like based on where they were yeah. raised? Yeah. South Korea, South Korea or, or the U.S. Yeah, South Korea. Yeah, you're, you're damn right with <laughs> that. Uh, a new study of monozygotic twins. What's that? I don't know. That is an identical know? twin. That is, is? that is
1: one zygote that separates. Right.
2: right. Okay. 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 Perfect. So I don't need to look that up. You got that? Yeah. All right. Um, a new study of monozygotic twins raised apart in South Korea and the United States provides unique insight into how genetic, cultural, and environmental factors influence human development. What is a zygote other than uh, it's a one a of the races of, you can be in uh, StarCraft? It's a stage of uh, embryonic <laughs> development. Okay. Uh, The new research has been published in the scientific journal, Personality and Individual Differences. Quote, I have studied identical twins reared apart for many years. They pose a simple yet elegant experiment for disentangling genetic and environmental influences on human traits. This case was unique in that the twins were raised in different countries, said uh, researcher Nancy L. Segal, a professor and director of the Twin Studies Center at California State University, uh, the twins were born in 1974 in Seoul, Korea. Seoul, South Korea. Uh, one of the twins became lost at age two after visiting a market with her grandmother. Oh my God!
1: That's what? Really horrible. She was
2: later taken to a hospital that was approximately 100 miles away from her family's residence. Jesus do you, Christ! Do you think they were in the market and the parents were like,
0: "Okay, um, like say the names of the twins were Mine and Dennis's name," so they're like looking for Brian and Dennis? Not very Korean and names, they, but sure. And they they saw brian and they were like oh that's uh brian and then they turn around they were looking for the other one and they just looked back again and they saw brian again but they're like okay there's dennis and they just confused the fact that they thought they thought they saw they had both yeah yeah yeah. but they were just spinning around too much probably
2: yeah i mean it could have been that um uh so she was taken 100 miles away from her family's residence uh and then diagnosed with measles despite her family's (laughs) attempts to find her she was placed into the foster system and ended up being oh adopted by a couple God. residing in the U.S. Mm.
1: Dude, Korea's—I mean, they have a lot of people, but it's not that big. It's kind of wild that they. This didn't. was 1974 oh, as well. Okay. It would also
0: be really hard to walk around and try to convince people that you were missing a baby if you had a twin, because if you already—if you were like putting up missing child posters, people would be calling and saying, "I found
2: them," but they would just be referring to the twin—that that that, poor twin yeah. that just kept getting found, wow. was the <laughs> yeah. wrong one. Uh, so so good insight. So the this uh, this girl that uh, went missing, uh, got adopted by this U.S. couple. She later discovered that she had a twin sister after uh, submitting a DNA sample in two thousand eighteen as a part of South Korea's program for reuniting family members. In the new study, the twins completed assessments of family environment, general intelligence, nonverbal reasoning ability, personality traits, individualism, collectivism self-esteem, mental health, job satisfaction, and medical life history. They also completed structured interviews about their general life history. Not only did the twins experience different cultures growing up, they were also raised in very different family environments. Uh, The twin who remained in South Korea was raised in a more supportive and cohesive family atmosphere. Uh, The twin who was adopted by the U.S. couple, in contrast, reported a stricter, more religiously oriented environment that had higher levels of family conflict. The researchers found striking differences in cognitive abilities. The twin raised in South Korea scored considerably higher on intelligence tests related to perceptual reasoning and processing speed with an overall IQ difference of about 16 points in line with their cultural environment. The twin raised in the U S had more individualistic values while the twin raised in South Korea had more collectivist values. However, the twins had a uh, a similar personality. Both scored high on measures of conscientiousness and low on measures of neuroticism. They also had similar level of satisfaction with their job, even though their occupations were quite different. Uh, A government administrator and a cook. (laughs) The twins had also had similar uh, mental health profiles and had identical scores on the measure of self-esteem. Quote, genes have a more pervasive effect on development than we ever would have supposed. Still, environmental effects are important. These twins showed cultural difference in some respects, Segal told Cypost. Quote, we need to identify more such cases if they exist, she added. And we, we still do not understand all the mechanisms involved from the genes at a molecular level to the behaviors we observe every day. Uh, Seagal is also the author of the book, Deliberately divided inside the controversial study of twins and triplets adopted apart. Um, that's, man, that's we should interesting have, shit. We should yeah. have them on yeah, the podcast. Really it's very should, interesting.
1: Because, yeah. I mean, it's it gives a lot of context to the nature versus nurture, which it should never. I don't even know why it's framed as nature versus nurture. It's just nature and nurture. Yeah. And it's, but uh, there's a. I guess they say
0: versus because. You know, which, it's like which one's greater? Is it well? Which one is like impacting you know said trait? Yeah. It was it nature? Yeah. Or, it's, not, yeah. it's
2: not pegging them against each other. Or was yeah. it nursery,
1: Yeah. Because yeah. you know it's it's very obvi- it, but that that study points it out is how some things will be impacted by the environment and some things will be impacted by your genetic profile and. I mean that's that's and,
2: something that I find really fascinating. The idea that like like.
1: The genes,
2: those. like our genes, at a molecular level, have an impact
1: on our behaviors as who we mm-hmm. are as humans. Well, I mean, think about like, know, like
2: that's that's such a wild thing to think.
1: I mean, I, there's nothing behind this except for speculation. So, I'll just huh, that's really off <laughs> for this off brain for us. I'll just put <laughs> that out there. But like, but but um, you know, men like think think about something like a, um developing um, you know, anxiety or something like that uh, at a certain point in your life. Like, if you've got a genetic profile, and again, this could be totally fucking out to lunch, but if you've got a genetic profile that predisposes you to, like, lower levels of uh, uh, cortisol, for example, then you're not not going to be as stressed, and so the stressful situations that arise in life are less likely to cause you the stress that would have otherwise begotten anxiety. Yeah, right. And so, like... You know, like there's so, so those are, there's an environmental aspect to like the thing yeah. that you do, which is might be stressful, but then you've got maybe a genetic predisposition to be able to not produce the cortisol levels that react unfavorably to those stressful situations. Yeah. So you've kind of got this nature and nurture aspect like colliding to give you, a, you know, maybe a lesser uh, capacity or likelihood to develop something like anxiety.
0: Yeah. 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 But the, but the, um, your genetic makeup still like whether, you know, whether or not the environmental thing is true, your genetic makeup is still presents in that way that impacts your life in that way, whether or not you realize the impact of that is realized or not. Like I think of, of like Huntington's for example, like genetically, if you're going to get Huntington's disease, I mean, there's, there's no way that nature can impact the way that that right. yeah. really shows up in your body. So like, genetically you're predisposed 100% it, nature. to nature right yeah so it's yeah, it's interesting
2: um well uh there you go a little bit of twin fun for you right um yeah. let's move right on to this week's edition of what the
1: hell uh
2: this is actually kind of a follow-up I don't know if you guys remember this, but a long time ago, we talked about on the show about a guy who um, was growing a penis on his arm.
1: Yeah. I vaguely recall.
2: So a uh, man born with micropenis says sex life is much healthier after growing a replacement on his arm. Uh, a man who was born with a micropenis has said his sex life is now much healthier after growing a replacement on his arm through a procedure known as phalloplasty. In a new Channel 4 documentary that airs tonight, we meet three men.
1: What about Channel 5? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I thought of immediately,
2: too. <laughs> uh, we meet three men who have undergone the complex procedure, uh, which involves taking skin from another part of the body to create a brand new penis, <clears throat> attaching this to a site on the body to grow before it's moved to its rightful home. This, is, uh, this story is coming to us from uh, Rogine, one of our uh, Discord members, uh, one of our patrons. Rogine, you get the award this week for producer of the week. Uh, Anik, 26, was born with an underdeveloped penis caused by a rare genetic intersex condition called partial androgen insensitivity syndrome. Initially, doctors believed he had a buried penis before telling him it was actually a, quote, micropenis. Speaking to Lad Bible, Anik said he carried a lot of resentment about the extensive surgeries he's been through, but has finally started to find peace with his journey. Quote, I lived with a lot of pain which only recently has stopped, and the reason was that the surgeries were often unnecessary, he said. I was made to feel like I was a sick kid growing up in hospitals, when essentially I just had a body which was visibly different. The film, which also features a man who lost his penis due to an infection and a trans man, follows Anik as he prepares for his 30th operation in 20 years. Holy fucking fuck. That's a lot. Having decided to take the plunge on a phalloplasty for four years ago. The penis was grown on his forearm and then transferred to his groin while skin from his buttocks was used to repair the arm. You think you'd have like... Um...
1: Oh, I forgot about that part. Here's, like... uh, here's
2: a photo of Anik and you can see the scarring on his uh, forearm there. Uh, it looks like a, a little dark patch. Oh, wow. Um, and that's where the penis grew and then that is also where the uh, butt skin was kind of placed after after the entire process.
0: I'm so confused about like how wow, that's so like wild. like does There's it of does it the have the, the handsome motherfucker. Look at him. The um ability to hair. to it like really, uh, can they can they take that blood supply and like make it become erect too? not, not on the arm not on the arm no, no no not on the arm but like when when they transplant it like a, I would presumably say presumably it can uh, become erect I mean I don't and know what would be I, don't, I don't know
2: but I would say probably there's probably there's probably like a vascular kind of attachment that's going on there that allows it to at least get some sort of blood flow. So I'm if so
1: if not there's interested. like a pump
0: you know I'm like, really interested in like right. what's like the makeup is of like because like take they're taking the skin and then growing a pe- like what is Like, what's the
1: replica, like the replicateness? Yeah, like what's
0: it like in it? Like, you're taking that skin, and like, you know, like when I look at my penis, like there's different skin on the shaft as there is on the head, looks different. And like, so I'm curious about
2: like, it's probably a pretty unique looking bird. Yeah. Know, yeah, I'm just curious of what it looked like. like. I wonder how big it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, because if you look at his forearm, I mean, every bird is pretty unique. If that's if that's this, if that scar is the size of his new cock, I mean, you don't see that guy's that guy's got a big on it.
1: You don't see many, uh, you don't see a dick that uh looks like another.
2: They're all pretty, they are penises come in very different shapes and sizes, and looks just like breasts and just unique, just like all bodies. Um, uh, since filming the documentary, Anik has had to have one more surgery in, uh, to reposition the pump. Oh, so that he could access it easier. So there you go okay. So uh, to get an erection while some pain is present. He says things are much better than they once were. Although the biggest change is arguably the effect the process has had on his self-esteem. Mm. Anik said, quote, my confidence has vastly improved since the final surgeries and I am excited to start my life. I won't need another surgery for years, which literally has never been the case in my life until now. My sex life is becoming healthier, and a lot of that is down to my confidence around discussing my story. Phalloplasty has given me a a sex life and something to talk about. Not many of us walk around with a customized inflatable penis. (laughs) Annick said his family have always tried to make him feel comfortable with his body, but that this used to anger him when he was younger, only highlighting how alienating his condition was. He continued, quote, my mom and I had have, have a complicated relationship, which is built on love and pain. In many ways, she was always more obsessed with changing my body than I was. Mm. But that was because she was told my body needed fixing. And that was a problem. That That's the thing that I find
0: interesting, like talking about all of those surgeries that he, he had been through. 30 surgeries, yeah. like Over I, 20 years. Trying to think about like what, like I'm I'm curious about what the goals of those surgeries were and, you know, Obviously, like it's great that he's happy now with what he what he has now. But I'm curious if there was any benefit to the surgeries before, if they like really made a difference for him.
1: I don't know. I guess depending on what the surgeries, what the surgeries were. It sounds like from his account, they were just yeah. It'd be very fun to get him on the show and talk about it. It seems like a lot of
0: pressure, and like like he said, you know, a lot of pressure to sort of change your body to be a certain way. Not because he necessarily like, obviously, it sounds like he wanted this surgery, but but, you know, sounds like there was a lot of outside pressure and influence yeah. for him to look a different way than he did. Mm. He said for my mom,
2: which is a bummer. she wanted me to be able to have a healthy life, a family and find love. Everything she agreed for my for my care was based on that. She's a funny person and has been through a lot of anguish, particularly around me. My siblings do not talk to my mom about their bodies and sex life the way I do. Yet again, most people talk to me about it more than they would with others. People cringe when I tell them the story about my mom and my penis. She even offered her own arm to be used as the phallus. Wow. Whoa! That, Whoa. Can that, you imagine growing your son's penis on your arm?
1: That'd be, that would be too psychologically challenging. That would be fucking wild. For, for him. For him.
2: Yeah. Yeah that was would shit. I mean, in her eyes, be, she was trying to minimize my pain, and she wanted to be the one to help. Luckily, she understood that I did not want her arm to be my penis. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like it wouldn't feel like yours. No, right? no, my God, would, and not only would it not it, feel it, like yours. It would yours, feel a little it would weird. Feel like, like you were mom? fucking people with your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is my mom's penis <laughs> on me. Yeah, yeah,
1: that I'm. It's like my mom's fucking this person.
2: Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. Wow, that, I can't believe his mom that, was uh, like, "I'll grow your penis for you." But the, baby. I mean, thing, nice gesture. That is so
0: sweet. The thing that she that she said really like cuts deep with me because like I feel like it's it's something that I talk a lot about with my therapist is like this like idea that she wanted so badly to minimize his pain and sort of like make it easier for him to like to, to try to manage his emotions, yeah. and that is so incredibly unhealthy to. To, like obviously you want to be an empathetic and caring person, but like you can't, you can't control other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. And as much as like, as a parent, I imagine that you want to like, you know, stop the pain or stop the hurt in those situations. It's, it's, you know, it has to be more important yeah. to let the person deal with those feelings. Well, being, you know, being a new,
1: being a new parent, like just thinking about and, and sort of speaking to the mom's position or the parent's position can you, imagine, is, can, you
2: imagine, can you imagine if you were like, "All right, would say I'm going to grow you a vagina on my, on my neck. And, and this is, I'm, I'm going to do I'll this. Fuck do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll fucking do it. Fucking do it. But you would though. No, right? but like, but not just
1: that, but just, but or just, at least you
2: would have the, you would have the like, look, I'll do fucking anything for yeah, you. And yeah. if it means growing a vagina on my forehead for you, I will do it.
1: But speaking to the, but the, the concept of, you know, my, it always seemed like my, that the focus was on that my body needed fixing, that my parents thought that my body needed fixing. Like, speaking it's thinking from the parents perspective like when you have a kid you know your your baby is being you know analyzed and oh, checked product, up and on yeah. and going and looking for anything that might be out of place and and as from the parents perspective you are you know you're being told if there is something out of place and what the impact of that out of placeness could be in the future and I think sometimes there's some things like, there's something that's really common called tongue tie. Ooh. And it's, and, and it has to do with, um it has to do with like the frenulum, how the frenulum on your tongue grows. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's too and, tight. And it can have, uh and it can have impacts on speech and stuff like that. And like, but you know, there's not, there's no way of knowing, like it could have impacts on speech. And so, and there are obviously varying degrees of that, but I'm just using this as an example of something that's like really, really common on, on, on babies. And, you know, you there are. I'm sure that there's many cases where that would have not been an issue for that kid at all. But you do something about it, like you 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 choose to do an intervention because you are, you know, you're being told that this is necessary and and that there you know there's this potential problem, and you know as a parent you're going, I don't want my kid to have that problem that could could beget more problems socially or psychologically. And and it's very, it's a very like, it's a fucking it, minefield.
0: Isn't it, isn't it crazy that the reason why like some of like a surgery like that could be performed is because people are assholes. Like, right, yeah. like it's all because like your kid may be less socially accepted. And so therefore you may want to expose them to this potential medical trauma because, right. yeah.
2: you know, people are bullies. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. It's more than just that, though. It's more than just people being bullies. It's, yeah. it's I mean, you know, this is, like... It, it is more it, than just like, that, but like, that's like, a, like, that is an like, aspect of it. Like, it's a big part of it. He, well, yes mm-hmm. and no, though. Like, he could... It, it,
1: dude, the guy, the guy, no, the, guy this, the guy... Not
0: this case. Like, the tongue-tied case specifically, oh, sure, sure. where it's yeah. like...
1: There's oh, much like, more being, of a personal sure. impact... On the micropenis. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like
2: French. that guy could have lived his entire life without a single fucking person, except for him and his mom knowing, even right. his siblings, that he yeah. had a micropenis, and it yeah. would be challenging. And, and it would Very be challenging, challenging for him anyway, because yeah. it's like that. You know, our self conf- a lot of us, our self confidence is so directly mm-hmm. tied to our 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 sexual health and our sexual. Well,
0: body. in this case, it's like if it's preventing you from being able
2: to enjoy sex, yeah. Then, and then absolutely, like his, you should be. Yeah, trying and and to his mom, like you know, I, I look at his mom, you know, like as funny as it is, like his mom putting herself up there and saying, "Well, I'll grow your penis for you." Um, it's no different than a than a parent saying, like, "All right, well, our our kidneys are a match, so I'll give you my kidney." You know, like I I'll mm-hmm. donate this thing for you to 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 save you or to mm-hmm. to make you feel better or to you know whatever whatever it is. Um, it's just really funny that it's it's a penis that. It's, well, like I think there's a difference. Own. Penises are funny. It, it, well, yeah, I think
0: yeah. there's a difference because it's a penis because yeah. of the sort of like the I, I don't know I don't know. How to there describe, definitely is like, a difference there, the, but it, but, the more it, but it, int- it is kind of more it is sort of
2: similar in in yeah. terms of like <laughs> uh, sacrificing a part of yourself in order to sort of save someone close to you. You know, mm. uh, he went on to say, but for me, this is all hilarious. It's also funny to me how much things have changed as soon as I had the phalloplasty uh, 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 referring to his mom. He said, she sees me as a man and not her baby anymore. It's safe to say we discuss it a lot less now and I have a lot more privacy. uh, Anik now hopes to channel his past pain into something productive. Like an OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) Having co-founded a charity. Dude, he could kill it on OnlyFans. he He would, yeah. Having co-founded a charity to help uh, ensure others in situations like his get access to better support. He also hopes that one day to become a social worker, to provide specialist support to children and young people to understand their rights whilst in hospital. Encouraging people in the same boat to go and use therapy to, quote, work on yourself and understand what you want, Anik said. Mm. My problem was that surgery was the quickest and easiest option and it was planned for me since I was a kid. I never had the psychological support I needed, even until now. Figure, uh, figure out what your aim is by having any procedure because it can seem great or easy, but it comes with a lot of risks and unexplained complications. Phalloplasty is very cosmetic and it often feels like, it, it often feels like it's for other people rather than me. Hmm. Often, my own sexual sensa- sensation was an afterthought. The focus was functional about my future partner rather than me. Quote, seek out people in similar situations because you're not alone this is a surprisingly common procedure for something that doctors call rare the first way to find someone is through your doctor if you're already on the path to getting this procedure otherwise people like me online talk about phalloplasty and our bodies uh a lot more than maybe we should
1: mm-hmm.
2: i i mean, i love that story like i mm-hmm. i th- i would love to get Anik on the show
1: i think that would be so especially so since fun. like the idea of a micropenis i feel like is uh is almost exclusively used as like a comedic bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it, and there is something, there is something funny about oh, just penises. There's something funny about penises, mm. but it's a very, they look funny, but it's a very, it'd be a very, impact, very not funny, very, very not a, funny, a very not funny <laughs> yeah. uh, life, yeah. uh, Scenario to be. I, I like with. his message. I think it's really important. I
2: should toss this in the field Good Friday next week. I, we talked about it on Turn Me On uh, at length, but we never talked about it here. I'm surprised I didn't tell you guys about it. But there's a woman on OnlyFans who's kill, killing it right now, and she has the two baby. She, she has she has two vaginas.
1: No, Trash me outside. No,
2: no bad bad. What's it, bad baby? Bad baby. Or, bad baby? Yeah. No, this woman has two vaginas, and um and she's a sex worker, and she uses one of her vaginas for clients. But she reserves her other vagina
1: for her partner. Wow, that is something else. And
2: I went, <laughs> I went, I, I went onto uh, OnlyFans fans and saw how the whole how it works, and it is very interesting. It is a very how close together are they? Uh very you know, like side by side,
1: side by side, side by side. There's
2: two like two two holes, I- two vaginal openings. She has two uteruses.
1: Uh, she can get pregnant. Does she have by multiple different lips. people at
2: the same time? No, nope. it's
1: no, no, no. So, so, so like, one, like one looking. She has she, one externally she, looking vagina. She has one
2: vulva. Yeah, but she has two vaginas. Like she has two vaginal openings, not
0: stacked, but side by side. Uh,
2: they look stacked.
0: Okay, stacked like on two, like two, one, one on, top on top of the vagina. other. Yeah. And so we've talked. We've talked about that on the podcast. Did we? No,
1: we talked about it. We talked. About, we talked to somebody who had a uterus that was split. Yeah, no. This woman that has was years ago. This
2: woman has two vaginas, two like she could get pregnant by two people at the same time.
1: Wow. She have two ovaries though. Yeah, yeah. So it's, one it's
2: oh. two everything up in up in there.
1: No, because you have so no. She, oh, so she, so she,
2: four ovaries. Four, she have four ovaries or yeah. two? Uh, uh, four? I don't know. That'd be I don't interesting. know. Yeah, it's very wild, wild. Fuck, that's crazy. Very wild. Yeah. She
0: was she was a twin and was meant to separate. From the vagina, but it just maybe it, just it, just, it only started yeah. it just started. I wonder yeah. like if one percent it could have been that. I wonder
1: if that is the theory, could have been probably that. not.
0: I mean, maybe <laughs> it's like that. Uh, the the black alien project. Oh my god, what <laughs> like percentage, percentage of a that guy? We could yeah. have him on the podcast. No, uh, <laughs> no,
2: we do not want that. <laughs> um, I, had, uh, Speaking I of had twos, he just put a post up the other day, and I don't know if it was a joke or not. Oh no, what do you do? It looks like his next evolution is to grow two, pe- is to have two penises. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Um, um, all right. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are coming at you three times a week Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to all those episodes, that's awesome. We really love it. Uh, listen, some news. Uh, September. We're coming out west. Uh, Sate. we're going to be doing a show in Calgary at SAIT. Uh, it's probably our third, fourth show there. Uh, love coming to the college. Love seeing you folks out in Calgary. So uh, put it in your calendars. We're going to be doing that show. I believe it is September 24th. That is correct. And, uh, and while we're out there, we're going to hop in a car and we're going to drive all the way to Vancouver. And we're going to do a show in Vancouver uh, the week of the 18th in September. So... Uh, we are so excited to get back on the road. So excited to come out and see Mm -hmm. y'all keep your eyes peeled on our social media for when tickets go up. And of course we'll be plugging the shit out of that, uh, on the podcast when those tickets are on sale. Uh, we cannot wait to see you on the road and Edmonton. We might come up and see you too. Who knows? Um, if you want to support the podcast folks, you can leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts, or if you're listening on Spotify, you can use your Spotify mobile app to leave a rating and uh, of course, every episode uh, is talked, uh, talked about at length on our Discord, uh, a- among other things. If you want to join the conversation and join our little community that is continuously growing, uh, you can check the Discord link in the show notes of this episode.
1: And if you have uh, a story that you'd like to share with us, uh, anything about... Anything that you hear, or just like a general, um, a general feel good, uh, feel good story that you w- that you want to send us, you can do that by sending that to letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on Sick Boy, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the guest form. Um,
0: I mm-hmm. wanted to check check this in at the end. I meant to bring it up earlier when we were talking about the blood bank in uh in Israel, but uh the um, it reminded me of the talking about the blood ban uh, that we were talking about yep. mm-hmm. and the changes mm-hmm. uh, in Canada. And there's this thing that we should probably dig into a little bit more for maybe next week's episode. But it was a, a tweet that said Canada has not lifted the blood ban. It has simply reworded its policy to ban people by sexual behavior uh, and still only asks about anal sex, not vaginal sex, condom use or other behaviors. And the testing also excludes anyone taking the HIV uh, prevention drug prep. Oh, yeah. um, so mostly queer men. So there's still, I think, probably a lot of work hmm. to do around that. And it would definitely be worth it to dig into that for next Most week. Most certainly, yeah. Interesting.
2: And thanks for that tweet. Thanks for sending that yeah. to us. That was from ones. Rosie. Thanks, Rosie.
0: Um, and uh, thanks. thanks to the people who make this show happen. Thanks to uh, our manager, Jeff Lonis and to Rich Coyne for the theme music. Uh, we love you guys that
2: is it for this week i'm brian i'm taylor and i'm jeremy and this is sick boy